We gotta stop picking topics that require us to read so multiple books. Reading. And there were just two holidays like really close to each other. And to me, frankly, that's just unfair. The I read uh there were so many books. Okay, we, we didn't think there were a lot of books with Lucky in the title, and then somehow we found them and had to read them in a short amount of time. And my brain Okay, is I mean, just... to be fair, we didn't have to. No one no. held a gun to our head and was like, no. you have to read these books by this date. No. We did but this to ourselves. <laughs> the, the opportunity was right there, so we couldn't not. I mean, we could have not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying we chose this. We have no one but ourselves to blame. Hoisted by our own petards. Exactly. Well. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Uh, I hope you watched Luck of the Irish, uh, the Disney Channel classic. Hope you had a great time with that or The Leprechaun. I've never seen that one. That one seems a little outside of my genre of choice. Um, I don't recommend either of those. However, I do recommend Leap Day. I know leap it's year. not – sorry, leap year. It's yeah. leap – we don't have a leap day. Whatever. You get the point. Yeah. I sure got it. Yeah. We don't – it's St. Patrick's Day, but it, it's uh, it's not it's – Irish. It's Irish, okay? <laughs> that was the least coherent I think I've ever been. Uh, I just said words. Oh. None Relatable. of those words made sense together. Um, uh, well, year I'm... the movie is not about St. Patrick's Day. It's, but it is. It's set in Ireland, and also it is. is so good. And Matthew Good is so God, good. God, that man is so fine. I know Amy Adams. Oh. I love her. <sighs> that movie okay I, yeah that's i wanted to watch it like last month my parents were like no we have to wait and honestly that hurt a lot so i'm very excited that's, that is rude um speaking of matthew good um mm. you know how there's only like 12 british actors total and so they all show up <laughs> in everything all the time yeah yeah, oh, yeah. so i watched bell that it's a mm, period mm-hmm drama romance about Dido Elizabeth Bell and that was one of those British movies that every new Everyone's character that in. showed up I was like oh my god <laughs> I know you oh look another actor that I have seen in countless Ronald other Reagan, things it was like actor. almost every single character yeah. I was like oh I there you are um <laughs> but she as a child she, so she's like the illegitimate child of a black woman and like a white lord or whatever he mm-hmm. is. I don't know. Um, and so he comes to get her like her mother is dead and he shows up in her little hovel and is like, I'm going to take you to the life you deserve or whatever. So it's like you do the whole intro to the movie and then he shows up and he's, you know, it's Georgian England. So he's got his yeah. big hat and so oh. on and so forth. And all of a sudden he lifted his face and I was like, Matthew, good. <laughs> Matthew, good, you're the dad? And then he leaves her. He, like, takes her home and then staunchly defends her and is like, this is my child, blah, 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 blah. And then he's like, I love you so much. Bye. And then he leaves because he's in the movie. And then you never see him again. So they made Matthew good a daddy and they just just shipped him off? And then he left and then he died. Wow unfair i, I don't like, like that so you're telling me you had matthew good and he's not the love interest instead you got a man with a weirdly square face oh 
We don't need a thumb man. We need Matthew Good. <laughs> we need Matthew Good. Listen, I love Dan Stevens, but when Matthew Good showed up to be Mary Crawford's second husband mm. on Downton Abbey, I was like, points are being made for widowhood. <laughs> if if your second husband is Matthew it's Good, Matthew Good, like that's a rhyme. That's the new nursery rhyme. Um. <laughs> <laughs> points are being made for widowhood if you your new husband is matthew good um someone send that to him i hope he knows that we love him so much um yeah uh leap year fantastic yes on theme um yes just so good speaking of theme if you didn't no. Yeah. Or gather from context. <laughs> Today's episode, we are talking about historical romances with Lucky in the title. Yes. And we thought there weren't a lot. And then we found enough to read. And we did that for you and us. And there were some that we did not get to immediately. No. Admittedly. There, there are more. There was one that I really was going to. Which one? Called. It was like our. Our Lucky Bride or something. It was a oh. Western. Oh. She was a mail order bride for two men. Not really sure how that works. I. Well, I, I know like how the fun the way works. Paragraph and I'll. <laughs> no, I know. I, I just mean, like, I don't know how you're a mail order bride. I don't. I didn't know how they were going to work that out. Yeah. Like, if whose it's like bride love- was she supposed to be? Yeah. If it's like a love Oh, no, it was or- definitely. It was oh, definitely cool. polyamorous. It was oh, a thrumble, nice. but like, I just didn't know how we were gonna get there. Because mm-hmm. clearly, she was gonna be the bride for one of them, and then the other mm-hmm. one was—I don't know. I don't know. I only read like the first paragraph, and I was like, I don't think this is for me. Um, <laughs> but, but it's out Everybody there, has those and I—I I thought about it because Lucky was in the title, and I didn't read the first two. I actually, well, I didn't read any of the Jana McGregor's, but I didn't read the well the first two. You read the third. I did. And while it didn't feel like the third book in a series, it didn't feel like a book that I wanted to be reading. So there is that. (laughs) I didn't have the best luck with two of these books. So it's going to be a a jazzy uh, time. Um, Well, I mean, we can go worst to best. (laughs) Yeah. We can get the not our favorites out of the way. Yeah, because there's not like a lot to say. If we're talking, if we're talking about the Jenna McGregor one, it's called Luck of the Bride. Um, like Caroline said, it's number three in a series. Um, I mentioned it in the last TBR Tuesday that I got the audiobook for book one because I was like, I'm gonna be a good noodle. I'm gonna read an order. I can do it. I hit play, and then I immediately hear Rosalind Landor, and I return it instantly, and I'm like, I can't do it. And then I found out that book three um, had a different narrator. Not much better. So many men sounded like little mice. It was an odd (laughs) time. Um, It it wasn't great in the narrator department. Um, But the gist of the book is that 
she, March, our heroine, is the guardian of her siblings. Um, she has two younger sisters who are like 18 and 19. And then she's got a younger brother who is the Viscount because their parents died of fever. Um, and so Bennett is like nine. He was the best part. He was this like really cute kid. This book starts out um, where March is like in the study and you think she's like a housekeeper and um the viscount is like firing her and he's like really angry that um she served like ham and peas or something and there weren't any sweets and then you find out he's like nine years old and he's her little brother and it's like it was a really good beginning i like that a lot relatable (laughs) that was really fun the kid was the best part um so their like her diary and her sister's diaries are in an account and for some reason, the hero has been made the, um, like, guarantor or whatever of the account, like, of their accounts. And so she's been writing him letters being like, hey, we need more money because we have no money. And all of it's in the dowry. And my brother's nine, who is the Viscount. <laughs> and then they've also, they've got an icky cousin. Whenever an icky cousin comes into play, I don't, I don't handle it well. Um... And honestly, the icky cousin didn't handle it well either. Um, but she is not getting any replies back from this Michael guy. McKelpin is his title and what he's called throughout the book. Um, and so she just she gets his signature on like a stamp. She pays an engraver to do it. And then she just like forges his signature um, on like withdrawal notices from her dowry. So she's like stealing from herself. But she has to like fake his signature because she can't withdraw it. Um, yeah. And, and so, you know, she feels bad about it, but also she needs to eat and feed her family. And then um, things progress and he finds out and she's like called to London. And um, he doesn't really believe that she's in that ju- dire of straits because she needs to be 25 in order to access her funds there's an issue on the account saying that she's only 24 um, and that her birthday is not until another year. And she's like, I swear I'm 25. Like, give me my money. And he's like, no, I have to make sure your situation, like I'm in charge of you or whatever. I'm going to take care of you. Um, but I need to make sure you need this money. And they just didn't believe her that she had no money. Like they were in reg, like worn down dresses. Um, it was just kind of insulting how they just didn't believe her. Um and then finally, he had to go to back to her house, and he was having dinner, which was basically using all of their food that they had saved. And so the cat literally had killed a rabbit out in the garden and brought it in. And the nine-year-old was like, hey, that's going to be our meal tomorrow. And then he was like, oh, maybe you do need money. And I'm like, no shit, Sherlock. <laughs> like, it's quite obvious. Um, There was just... It was like a fun premise, but it took a really long time. The The cousin, so then they were trying to launch the Sisters into Society. She was being a martyr and sacrificing her happiness for their happiness. Again, I'm not a, I'm not a nice enough person, I think, to deal with characters who are just really good people when they just really like sacrifice things that don't make any sense. Like she wants to save money, but she won't accept their help like to buy her things that she needs so she'll like she won't want to spend her money but she also won't want to take theirs i'm just like 
I would take the money and run, you know? Um, the sex scene was good. At that point, she had, like, been publicly humiliated by her cousin in the middle of a ball, told that she was a bastard, and all these things were happening. And then there – I actually really liked how the sex scene happened because then um, they – got together and they were like let's get married and then of course he then thinks she's smuggling funds from him immediately after because naturally because she's really good at math and he has um i don't know if there's like a specific term for like number dyslexia or something but like he can't um Mm. handle numbers um so he like his brother had been doing his accounts and stuff and then someone was stealing and she brought it up because she had done his accounts and looked at him for him and then someone else had come forward and was like someone's stealing and it's her and all this stuff and it was just it wasn't for me (laughs) yeah i liked that her name was march because the month that we're in is march (laughs) and it just like the title is the luck of the bride but nothing about this book was quite lucky i don't know it wasn't maybe if I would have read the other two books because you could like tell who the characters were um but even then I don't think I'd have an interest so yeah (laughs) I I, it started off good and then I thought it I thought it was like fine and then it just kind of got boring um but yeah did you wow. did you have yeah i know riveting times I, that was a lot <laughs> yeah not really too upset that i didn't read those books no <laughs> jenna mcgregor's an odd one i really liked her most recent series i liked book 1 because it was like um her the main character in book 1 her husband had just died and then it was exposed that he was also married to two other women And so he wasn't actually married to her. Um, He just took her dowry and she hadn't had sex with him yet, I don't think. Um, But then another wife was pregnant and that was his legal wife. And then the other wife, um, he lived with her for like two weeks and then went off and got married again. And so like he obviously was only legally married to one of them. Um, And then so then he dies and she, the heroine of book one, gets with his like half sibling or something like that um my like stepbrother I don't quite know how that worked but that one was a good book and then the other two in that series were just kind of not the best I like her writing um and she writes good sex scenes but some of the plots are just a lot as you have witnessed (laughs) in my explanation well speaking of plots that were a lot um (laughs) I read as luck would have it by Alyssa Johnson. Yeah, you did. Mm-hmm. This one, uh, I, it was like fine. You know what I yeah. mean? Like I didn't hate it. I didn't dislike it. In fact, it was yeah. fine. I didn't love it. Yeah. I don't think the style quite worked for me. But what really got me, well, there were a lot of characters. And also mm-hmm. the plot <laughs> was so convoluted. And you get to the reveal of why it was so convoluted. And it was so silly. <laughs> so basically, the premise of this book is that both of them are spies. 
Nice. Um, but neither of them knows that the other is a spy. Naturally. She gets a message that she is told is from, well, not from Prinny, but like somebody working mm-hmm. for Prinny suspects her cousin of being like a French sympathizer. Always she, the oh, French. well, always the French. Notably, she's lived most of her life abroad. Mm-hmm. In, like, China and stuff with her dad because her mom and her sister died in a horrible accident and her dad was really sad about it, so they left. And he doesn't mm. want to come back to England because memories. So she was raised in, like, China memories. and has traveled all over, as you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Cat. She's a rolling stone. Um, <laughs> so she's coming back to England uh, I think it has something to do with, like, her father's not well, so he's not coming with her, but, like, there's something going on with the estate. I don't know. There was a lot happening. And she has to go talk to her terrible cousin, Loodle. That's his Loodle? title. Or maybe his last name. I don't know. It's one of those. <laughs> Lord cool. Loodle. Sure. Lord Loodle. Um, so she's coming back, yes. and she gets a message that's like, hey, we think your cousin, Lord Loodle, is a French sympathizer. We need you to spy on him. Of course. Lord Loodle. Um... So, like, she has to go through his papers, and either he is or, like, the some she has to, like, spy on his friends and figure okay. out, like, who of his Hot. friends is a French mm-hmm. sympathizer. So she has to go to parties and break into studies and look at papers mm. and stuff. Unfortunately, she doesn't speak French, so she doesn't really know what she's looking for, but she's doing her best. Um, also, at the same time, he's been, like, stealing from them, and so she's trying to – she has to get married at one point because she technically owns the house. Like, it's been left to her, not okay. to him, but, like, he's been stealing to try to get this other estate and lying about her father's mental stability and for uh-huh. some reason, this means she has to get married, so she's, like, courting these really old men who aren't going to need or want an heir because she wants a marriage mm-hmm. in name only so that she can go back to China to take care of her dad. But meanwhile, our hero is obsessed with her, and he is not okay with this plan. He also is a spy. Sometimes he, like, works for the home office or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he also has been sent to spy on Loodle, but, like, to get in with him. And make mm-hmm. sure that he's got nothing going on, but also he's tasked on spying on her to see if she's involved. But once he pretty quickly determines she's not, they're just like, okay, well, like keep an eye on her and make sure she's good. Mm-hmm. But he's obsessed with her also, so he just like really wants to marry her. But she doesn't think that he does because somebody said that he doesn't plan on getting married till he's forty. So they just have all of these like roundabout conversations Ick. where neither of them are telling the truth, and there are like definitely times when they could be telling the truth and they're not and she like refuses to marry him even though she needs to get married and he's like why the hell not and they do this whole thing and like it was a good time in terms of like they're spying and they're breaking into studies and you know like you know that they're each kind of or like he's spying on her and she's discombobulated by him and there's a lot happening Mm-hmm. And then from this point, I'm going to just talk about spoilers. So if you are intrigued by this book, because I do think it was a good time and it would work for someone else. <laughs> so skip ahead <laughs> to the next timestamp if you are yes. like, this sounds like fun, spies, spoilers. The whole reason neither of them are actually spies. Wait, what? Neither of them 
are actually spies because what actually happened was the guy that gave Alex, our hero, the mission, who, like, works for the home office or whatever, was also really good friends with Alex's dad, who was also a spy, and his dad died in the line of duty. This happens in the prologue, and he, with his dying breath, is like, make me these promises to take care of these people. And the last promise he asks him to make... He doesn't, well, this one's kind of funny because he's like, well, I'm dying, so I might as well have a good time with this. Um, (laughs) But then he, like, makes this guy promise something, but you don't know what he promises. And then at the end, you find out that the same, like, mysterious solicitor that has been giving her assignments and stuff is this same guy that works for the home office, even though, like... There was no coordination, and so they storm in to get answers, and it turns out this entire thing was an elaborate matchmaking scheme because (laughs) they thought that they would be perfect for each other, but neither of them would be amenable to just, like, being introduced because they would get bored too easily. So instead, they and basically all the people in their lives teamed up to pull off this elaborate scheme to convince them they were spying when in reality Lord Loodle had nothing to do with the French. <laughs> However, he was stealing from her. That just came up over the course of things and had to be dealt with. So neither of them was really spying on... I mean, they were spying, but like there was no evidence to be found because they knew full well he wasn't a French sympathizer. It was just an elaborate but- matchmaking scheme. But were they like spies and they're like, were they spies before this? Or did someone just tell no. them to spy? No, well, he worked spy? for the home office occasionally. But she and didn't? he like would occasionally do missions. No. <laughs> what? She uh, has some skills that would be useful as a spy because, of course, her, like, I don't understand what exactly Mr. Wang did, but he like helped raise her and he taught her how to fight and pick locks and stuff. Hmm. But it wasn't like she was a spy beforehand. She agreed mm. because they offered to pay her a lot of money. Um, oh, okay. Well, I do love capitalism in that regard. <laughs> so I do agree. I do relate. If I was offered a large sum of money. It's just that, like, I was so mad. Yeah. Like, it's like it the was dream. the time there were too many characters. Yeah. yeah. But then you get to the end and they're like, oh, no. And I'm like, so we were kidnapped. We had to spend the night. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they had to spend the night in a a cottage classic yeah that is a classic we had to fight off people coming for our lives because Ludo was in fact a bad guy no that stuff was true that was him trying to prevent her from like getting married and taking the house and stuff because he wanted it oh yeah so then there's that all of that was true it's just that the spying wasn't (laughs) true and i was like what the hell was the (laughs) point Oh, and the reason it's called... No, and here's what really ticked me off. The reason it's called As Luck Would Have It is because... uh, Actually, we can... This will be the... No more spoilers from this point. But the reason it's called As Luck Would Have It is because she is notably... Like, her luck is very on and off. Mm. So she's known, like... People will talk about her as, like, she has really good luck, but it always balances it out with really bad luck. Yeah. Or, like, she'll have something really unfortunate happening and then something really good happens. So it'll be like, oh, she – I don't know. I think there's one part where she, like, completely gets lost in the middle of a jungle somewhere, but then she manages to stumble onto, like, the one civilization Mm -hmm. or, like, she gets cornered by a tiger in a market somewhere, but she manages to get out of it somehow. Like, there's a lot of, like, she's really unlucky and then really lucky. 
And she gotcha. really believes that like each thing has a like everything has to balance itself out because mm-hmm. she's just always believed that about herself. So every time something good happens, she's like, "Uh oh, something bad is coming," or vice versa. And so then by the end, like everything has worked out, except she's still convinced herself that oh no, they're married. It's a marriage of like convenient. Like they have to because she's been compromised because they were kidnapped and had to spend the night in the forest together. I guess this is technically spoilers, but look, just go with it. Um, the, the entire their she- entire episode is spoilers. We talk about sure, spoilers. but like they just they get married and she's like oh this sucks because I'm in love with him. And he's never going to be able to be in love with me. Mm, yeah, and then classic. he's like, hey, I love you. And she loses her mind. And she's like, no, that's great. The problem is that this is such overwhelming happiness, such good luck. What could possibly happen that is so bad uh, yeah. that it'll be able to balance this out? Which means I can't be with you because if I am, something really horrible will happen. And he has to come up with this like roundabout logic to get her to chill the hell out. And it's a whole thing, and then Mr. Wang has to talk her out of it, and eventually has to be like, no, you get the next, like, 25 years. If, like, you live to 50, then, like, you'll have spent half your life without him, and you'll spend the other half of your life with him, so it's fine. But I was like, we didn't need this. Like, we already had all of the convoluted spy plot line. I don't need an extra, like, two chapters of her being like, we can't be in love because something bad will happen to me. Okay. That annoy that would annoy me. Yeah, that's as um, luck would have it. Fun spy times, less fun interpersonal times, and also <laughs> all of it was ultimately a matchmaking scheme. Uh, yeah, that I'm. I had that one checked out. I'm real happy. I mean, to be fair, I read The Luck of the Bride instead of that one, so like, <laughs> who really won in this scenario? I mean, you know, it was a time. Yeah. There were some fun bits. They were clearly setting up the next couple in a way that I think could yeah. potentially be really fun. So I'm really considering, honestly, just reading the second book because they hated each other so much. That is fun. And they were like, we have to play matchmaker with them next. And I was like, oh, I do want y'all to play match." She jumped out of a window and fell into some bushes just to avoid getting caught and compromised with him in a library because she hates him so much. I respect her grind. <laughs> yeah. Um, that seems fun. Let us know if you read it. Uh, this one was yeah. free on Audible, you said? It was in... Yeah, it was. That's cool. Like so. With my Audible membership, yep. I mean. Yeah. So you could listen to this one for free and be out zero money, just like 12 hours or six if you listen at double the speed. I think that's only <laughs> uh, like 10 hours. Oh, maybe it was 10. There was one that I was looking at that was 12. Maybe that was the Jenna McGregor one. Um, I think it was. Yeah. Well, I've already experienced it, so can't get those hours back in my life. Um, The next one I had, it's been on my shelf for so long that I'm like, I just need to read it so I can get it off of my like physical TBR, but also it had luck in the title. Um, luck Be a Lady by Meredith Duran. This was my first book by Meredith Duran. There's like The Sins of Lord Lockwood that everyone talks about. And then there's an amnesia one. I think it's like Fool Me Twice or Fool Me Once or something. Um, so I want to read those. And I they're in this series. They're just later books. Like I think it's a really long series. Um, hmm. This one was just... 
it the writing was good it it wasn't bad but again the plot just wasn't for me um she had been given half of her father's antique shop when he died in like auction house um and then her brother terrible wastrel brother alert be do be do horrible um then he was given the like half of it because she can't she's a lady she can't own and like technically run the finances of it um but obviously she is the one with the business acumen and he is trying to get into politics and doesn't care he wants to sell it and the will stipulated that when she gets married then she can have a full like share in it um and she could dictate like they couldn't sell it once she got married but he could sell it out from her before that um so her only recourse is to get married and she chooses um a like underground kingpin guy (laughs) who owns just a bunch of like property and a gambling hell or something a gaming hell or something like that um because of course he does of course he does of course he's the one that she picks um i love there, historical <laughs> romance right in um in the book before they had like she and his sister had been kidnapped and uh, i haven't read that book but from what i read in this book um they had gotten tired of waiting for him and um her intended to rescue them they like got out and then they got really drunk one night after that because they were just kidnapped and wanted to have a good time um at his bar and so then he remembers her because he's like you got really drunk and you were really funny and you were hitting on me and i enjoyed that um so then ever since he had like watched over her wherever she was living um because he had the connection through his sister she obviously didn't think he thought anything of her she didn't think he even remembered her because i mean she was three sheets to the wind and didn't really remember much of that encounter um so that she was like sending him letters being like hey can we talk about this business proposition i have and he was ignoring her um they finally end up meeting and how it all shakes out is that they have a marriage of convenience but it's for blackmail purposes so they have to keep it secret because since the brother wants a political career if the world knew that she was married to this big baddie it would ruin his reputation And so if they keep this marriage secret and the only license and like book that it was recorded in is in like his office, no one will know. And so they can hold that over the brother's head to like sign over the shares of the um, antique shop and the hero wants votes from whatever like government thing this guy, the brother sits on. Um, because they're trying to condemn some of his buildings who are – they're, like, low profit um, or, like, for low-income housing, basically. Um, and so he doesn't want them condemned because he's actually a good person. I mean – Of course he is. They always are. Yeah. Um, and so they blackmail the brother. I love when mm-hmm. the main characters blackmail. That's always a good time for me because I don't like it in reverse. But, again, I can handle <laughs> – I can handle that. But – I realize marriages of convenience aren't very fun when they're in secret because they couldn't live together and they couldn't like be actively like they couldn't be put mm. in situations that you kind the of whole like. The appeal of a marriage of convenience yeah. is the forced proximity. 
Yes. And so, I mean, they, she stayed at his um, hell at a certain point because uh, the brother was evil. I mean, I don't know if he was really, like, classified evil, but he did some evil oh God, shit. If anything, a secret marriage of convenience is the opposite of fake dating. Yeah. They have to pretend not to be married. Not to, yeah. So it you think it would be fun, but it was just kind of like, please get together, but you can't. It was just, it was an interesting setup, but again, not how I really anticipated a marriage of convenience going. Because, yeah, like, they just had to pretend not to know each other. I mean, she did have to stay at his place, like I said, um, because the brother was trying to get her to marry some other guy. And um, the hero knew who that guy was, and he's like, you are not safe there. And then, obviously, <laughs> what happened was she was really turned on for for our hero when she was at home, that she was, like, getting herself off. And then, like, right before she was going to climax... <laughs> She hears the lock on her door starting to like open and it or like unlock and it's her brother trying to get in to like force her to marry this other guy. So she rolls out the window <laughs> and goes to his what's it with windows? Why are so many bitches know. jumping out windows today. <laughs> it's as luck would have it. Um so <laughs> she goes stays with this guy. He's like I told you so. I do know some things about life um and it just it got to a point where she was so stubborn at, and not trying to fall in love with him and he was just a decent person she had a lot of like prejudice against him um to where she just thought he was just a bad person she was really surprised when he was just decent and then he had like issues with upper class or she wasn't much upper class than him but whatever but then what was really unlucky for everyone in the situation, and I don't really know why this book has luck anywhere in the title, she goes back to this antique shop like many heroines do. They do not think that they're in danger when it's clear that they are in danger. Her brother kidnaps her and institutionalizes her. Okay? Oh. Yeah. So she's just in a fucking hospital drugged out of her mind like tor That's being tortured good. no like what and she just has to wait for him to find her and then they still can't even like prosecute the brother because they're still all tied up in this blackmail plot thing to where she needs the antique shop he needs the votes the brother's this the brother's that it oh as soon as the uh, – because then I was, like, enjoying – like, again, it was good writing. It was, like, three stars. I wasn't hating it. And then she just gets fucking institutionalized. And I <laughs> – I was not having it. And then the, the ending was cute. But, like, the third act really just wasn't for me. <laughs> and that was, like, at 60%. So, like, you still had a lot to get through after that. Normally, her rescue should be the end of the book, you know? That, that's when you end it. They're happy. But you still had so much left. There was 40% of that book left. I'm like, she just got institutionalized and rescued. And you're expecting me to want to, like, read, like, 40 more percent of this book? It was wild. I mean, they, they basically ruined the brother um, because they, like, outed she, the, again, spoilers, y you, you know. Um, 
the end of the book basically was her she wasn't ready to acknowledge to him that she loved him and that she didn't want to acknowledge the society because she loved her antique shop more than anything and he was done with it you know he was like i love you and you're not like i'm not above your shop and then she realizes her mistake and takes out um ad space in the paper and is like the marriage announcement of yeah, like her and the hero, uh, Nick and Catherine are their names. Um, so she announces in the paper that they're married. And then she waits and waits. And she's like, he doesn't love me. He's done with me. He saw this in the paper and he hasn't come to me. Mind you, he has a really hard time reading. And he oh. doesn't read the newspaper. And, he, and even if then like he had no reason to be reading the newspaper. So then she's like her friend is like, girl did you think like did you think about this at all she was like i was trying to make a grand gesture and so then she goes to nick and is like hey have you read the like the newspaper today he's like no should i she has to wait for him to read the entire ad section then he gets it and then he's like you announced our marriage i just made a deal with someone like for some political thing and then this ruined it. But then he thought that she did it because she wanted to protect her shop or something even further. And then she's like, no, I love you. And he's like, what? And then it ended. It, I mean, <laughs> like, so then it, it, ended. it was, it was like a fun ending because you were like, honey bun. <laughs> she, she tried. She really tried. She'd been through a lot. And then he just didn't see it. And then he was very confused as to why she was so excited to tell him that she had like, because he just thought she did it for like a business thing, but it was love. And then she finally had to reveal that she loved him more than the shop and she didn't care about it. And yeah, it happened. (laughs) Wasn't terrible, but the institutionalization really, uh, Seemed quite unlucky to me, so. (laughs) Luck was not a lady tonight. No! Luck was a goddamn slut. (laughs) (laughs) Look. I think that's my favorite thing that you've ever said. I was like banging my shoulder into the wall, fainting. Oh, the vapors got me. Um, oh, luck is a goddamn slut. She is throwing her favors at everybody. Yeah, we're not doing better than that. We might as well just end it now. <laughs> There's nowhere to go. I've had luck be a lady, by the way. I've had luck be a lady stuck in my head for literally days. Yeah. Um, so. I w- someone make a remix. Luck be a slut. <laughs> the, tra- the trap remix. I think we're on to something. Um, so that made these, these, these mediocre books worth it. Because that just made my entire St. Patrick's <laughs> That oh, was... well, I live to serve. Um, you really do. I salute you. I live to serve. I live to slay. <laughs> I live to serve slut. God. <sighs> oh, anyway. 
I don't have any more bad ones. I only have no. good ones. Thank um, the maker. So we're on to the fun part. Mm-hmm. TBR Tuesday, our last Tuesday episode, I cock-blocked you, <laughs> you by did. starting to talk about my five-star, just the horniest read. And then I was like, oh, no, I can't talk about it because I forgot we're talking about it in this episode. You were like, the what? And you're like, wait, no, I can't talk about it. <laughs> it was perhaps rude of me, but uh, I, if anybody follows my Instagram stories, you know what? Well, in that moment... A haze washed over me, and I had no clue what you were talking about. And then, like, a few seconds later, I knew. But then I was still like, wow. Well, in the moment. <laughs> that hurt. Yeah. It was painful. Sure. Well, anyway, um, you also read it, but we, you had a different rating than I did. But uh, The Luckiest it's Lady in London. Interchangeable. By Sherry Thomas. I just, like, that was just the horniest book. It was. It, they were... There were- <laughs> So oh, horny. The my whole favorite, time. My favorite quote was raging and ragingly in lust. Um, the entire season <laughs> was foreplay. Um, That's so true. It, it like they, they truly because in RTBR Tuesday you're like I can't believe they're dirty talking <laughs> this yeah, early. Yeah, like like so quickly. And she just they acknowledges. Like, Tell me your fantasies, and she was like. Yeah. Well, I dream about you all you. the time. Yeah. You specifically, I have this recurring dream where I'm like mm-hmm. naked in a glass carriage and I let you do whatever you want to me. And he's like, mm-hmm. bet. bet. Uh, she also just the- talks about her like exhibitionist fantasies. Yeah. Like, Whoa. girl. The premise is that she is the oldest of her sisters and so she has to get married for money. Um, and so she makes herself, you know, she polishes herself up and gets some suitors and then a, he walks a bust improver notably. a bust improver <laughs> got the chicken cutlets in there back. it's such a great um, bit it was it was and he's obsessed then, with it because she thinks um she had a friend of her mother or some <laughs> some some person in her life when she was younger this was imprinted on her um that this guy had a mistress who didn't have any breasts, so she did. She was unnatural in the bedroom. Like she was willing to she do would, all this she unnatural would shit, to unnatural acts. Acts. She was like, "Well, and if so, I do unnatural acts in the bedroom, it doesn't matter that I'm a member of the tiny so, pity committee." Like, no. So this this is her like ace up her sleeve. She can just whip out the unnatural acts. Does she and, know what unnatural acts no, are? Not really. No, she doesn't know where he's gonna stick it. Like, she doesn't know what that would mean. Um, and so, so, you know, she's feeling kind of confident. She she puts a mayonnaise on her hair, like, all these years to, like, make it shiny. Bad she gets bitch. the... She, she bad bitch herself energy. up. Yeah, it's... Um, it, what, the Gone Girl? Like, I feel like it's not traumatizing that like Gone Girl, but, like... I don't know. Well, she just um, she like she does herself up, mm-hmm. and then she puts on she's the not push like, up bra. She wants someone rich. She's not really looking for like the like I don't know, like the hottest guy or whatever. And then no. he he is known We're not even as rich, just with enough money to support yeah. her and her epileptic just, epileptic yeah. sister. Mm-hmm. But then he walks in, and he is this like. I, in, like an incomparable gen- gentleman or something like he's the ideal something. gentleman 
the ideal gentleman. Thank you very much. Um, and so he's got uh, he has a, a reputation backstory. above propose. Yeah, he does. It was sad in the beginning. I was like, oh, it was his parents. His dad forced the mother into marriage through coercion, and then the father actually loved her, but then she was really pissed off, rightfully so. And then she basically used the son as a pawn in their fighting, and then they both yeah, died bad. unhappily. So he's got like so mad mommy issues. He yeah, and also yeah. is a like <laughs> chronic people pleaser. He's so he's like, I'm evil deep down, <laughs> yeah. but everyone has to love me. They can yes. never know. Yeah. So I, was, he's, Did I get it? No. Was I into it? Yes. Yes. Because he's just looking to marry a country bumpkin. He's like, he doesn't want to no, fall in love. He, doesn't... he was like, I'm not going to get married till I'm 40 and I'm going to marry a woman with big boobs and no brains. <laughs> so she'll just adore me and I'll never have to worry about my own heart king but like that was literally he was like big chest no brains that's it (laughs) and what did he get instead a woman with tiny titties and way too many brains because they were bantering all over the place the bantering was they referenced it (laughs) of the itty bitty titty committee with too many brains Oh my god. Um, so he's about my mom. No, no, oh, no, no. We have to pause for this fun fact. <laughs> my mom is so uptight and proper. She's not uptight, but she's like very proper, you know? Yeah. She's she's a lady, not a slut. <laughs> but she grew up in this tiny town in Texas. Like a tiny, mm-hmm. tiny town. Mm-hmm. Um and so she'll tell us these st- like a rural town too, where like more people yeah. have animal themed nicknames than actual names. Like something um, like Footloose is happening in. Yeah, kind of like that. <laughs> except they did a lot of dancing. Okay, so, <laughs> so it wasn't outlawed, and <laughs> Kevin Bacon wait, wasn't there. <laughs> Tragic. No, unfortunately, Luck was there a slut. Was no Kevin Bacon, <laughs> Kevin Bacon <laughs> wasn't there. Uh, Luck was a slut, and Kevin Bacon wasn't there. Um, <laughs> and you may quote me on that. Or you, I guess, not me. Anyway, um, sometimes my mom will just, like, reveal things. You know when your parents are like, oh, and, like, throw out, like, a casual anecdote from their childhood you've never heard Mm -hmm. before that, like, shift your worldview? Because you're like, you did what? (laughs) Yeah. What? So, like, one example of this is my mom is like, well, one year I told my entire third grade class that I shot Santa. (laughs) When he came down the chimney, because they're like, her. my grandpa was a cowboy. Like, this is not, there were guns, right? And so she just told all of them that she had shot Santa. And I'm like, mom, you you told everyone you killed Santa? And she was like, no, I said I shot him. I never said that I killed him. And listen. So <laughs> I made Santa? <laughs> yeah. Um, but another one of those things was that one time I said the tiny titty committee. And she was uh-huh. like. It's the itty bitty titty committee. And I was like, first of all, never expected to hear the word titty out of your mouth. Second of all, how would you know? And she goes, because I had a t-shirt in high school that said itty bitty titty committee, but I would put duct tape over titty um, because that wasn't allowed at school. But everyone knew what it said. So she was not only a member of the itty bitty titty committee, but the I shot Santa Claus committee. (laughs) Well, really, I'm just like t-shirts. I I was like, you wore that. 
to school? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, you you have that? (laughs) My rule following mother? It, anyway, um, that's all. That sh- she just had a T-shirt that said "Itty Bitty Titty Committee," um, and I thought that that well, was relevant. If anyone, also, if anyone in this book would wear that, it would be Felix, and he'd be wearing it to support. That's her itty bitty so true. <laughs> It'd be to have the shirt. Um, I it's love, a committee uh, of one. So, yeah, it's like uh, the shirt would be like on the Itty Bitty Titty Committee, and then like her shirt like pointing to her. And then the itty bitty titties. <laughs> and that, he's so supportive of that. Um, um, someday when I have a significant other, if anyone would mind if I could commission them <laughs> to make matching t-shirts, <sighs> I would be eternally grateful. <laughs> You're so right. He is the itty bitty titty. Yeah, he was he's so a founding father. father. He's like, I actually want them to be smaller. He's like, I love that everyone thinks you have gigantic tits. And, like, I know that you don't. Like, that's a great secret to have. Um, and he, there, he was so real for that. Um, so so they, they see each other. And she's instantly like, wow, he's the most beautiful person I've ever seen. And he's rich. He is my new, like, I've got my, like, sight set on you. I'm ready to aim. Miley Cyrus vibes and um he was also like she's kind of hot she's not marriageable but i would love to fuck her so <laughs> well initially what? he doesn't even think she's hot though it's no. just because she like her immediately vibes, like her bantering through. yeah yeah she's like yeah. Mm, you're kind of slick don't love that and he's like you don't think i'm perfect sexy mm-hmm. Because, like, he, like, ignored her in the first meet. Outdoors during a party. (laughs) Meet me on a hill where everyone can view us having sex. Um, But, (laughs) so, he, like, ignores her the first time they meet, and she thinks that he doesn't like her, but then he's obviously thinking about her, and then he propositions her. Um, He's like, why don't you be my mistress? That could be fun for us, I think. And she's, like, she's really conflicted, you know? major because she's so horny she is she like she she does not hide it she's like i really want to accept you but like here are the reasons why i can't but like 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 i dream about this all the time like i want to accept you make me accept you um she said i sure would love to fuck you but alas like in like you said a glass carriage on a hill um you know while people could may or like maybe watch us they're so horny. They really she are. She strokes his walking cane. Yeah. She's like, I want to become acquainted with your large walking cane. And he's like, I, I mean, want what you to do acquainted. when a dude drops it in your lap. Like, yeah. this is deeply phallic. Oh my God. Speaking of phallic, <laughs> <laughs> it happened a lot. There were a lot of innuendos um, that were lovely. And so. Um, you know, gets to a point where she's rejected his offer a few times. She's still like she wants to say yes, so she's sad when um she has to reject it, and then she doesn't think he's gonna ask her again, and then he does, and then she rejects it. Well, her other two suitors, one of them was just well, he proves that both of them are not viable suitors. Therefore, why would she? Well, he well, claims yeah. that they're not. <laughs> viable yeah, suitors. which I actually loved that. I thought that was hilarious. 
I know. Um, I was like, props. I was like, (laughs) (laughs) she was so mad at him about it. And I was like, he had his reasons. He made sure. He knew you weren't going to tell anybody. Yeah. So, you know, I had a good time with that. So, basically, um, the last time before they get married, he's like, I'm rescinding the offer of you being my mistress. And she's like, oh, God, no. I didn't mean it. Like, in her brain, she's like, oh, shit. Like, I really missed the boat here. And then he's like, actually, you're going to get married in two weeks. She's like, to who? And he's like, to me. And she's like, sure. (laughs) Again, she just does what I would do and says okay. She is really real for that. Yeah. Also, the funniest bit is that she definitely was about to become his mistress. But then he literally was so upset at the thought of her marrying somebody else. Someone else. While fully, Mm -hmm. he's one of those men that's like, no, I'm not in love. It just makes me sick to my stomach to think about you married to anybody who isn't me. So obviously I will be marrying you. Not and because so, I have feelings. I don't. So, yeah, she, I'm evil. <laughs> uh, uh, so then she uh, tells him later on, she's like, you know, I would have become your mistress. Like, I was ready to say yes. Um, right. Like, you could have bartered some more. Um, so they get married. And they have crazy monkey sex. They both love it. It's a great time for both of them. But then what? do heroes do they get so scared of emotions that they're oh, like I wow like, what do they do? <laughs> i fully forgot what the actual conflict of this book yeah. is because it's well, all just like emotional angst so it's just well, a lot yeah, of back and forth it was so much fun though because the first emotional barrier was him deciding that he has to separate himself now you know he left the bed after she fell asleep um or after they've yeah. made love several times he leaves the bed she wakes up alone, but she's like, oh, I'm fine. I'm sore. I'm happy. I'm not a virgin anymore. And then he's nowhere to be found. She's got shit to do, so she doesn't think anything of it. Well, he doesn't touch her for like two days. You know, he's treating her like they've been married for years and that they're just old chaps down at the pub, not married. And so then she's pissed at him. And so then they like throw the, they have this ball for some reason. And oh yeah, the sluttiest scene of all time. Yeah, fuck. So that was has, so hot. I know. Um, so he has this woman who he had relations with in the past, and she comes back, and uh, the heroine uh, Louisa is in the library or the study or something, and she's like hidden behind something. The woman propositions him, and he doesn't like flat out say no. He's like evasive, but you know that he's not really gonna do anything um well then he sees her getting all cozy with another dude and uh cue the jealousy and uh because she's jealous (laughs) okay nick red dress (laughs) red dress um so he sees her getting cozy with this other guy and well he sees her point off to this pavilion that they've been like joking about having sex in for scenes upon scenes and she points over there and then one guy he like nods he's like okay well (laughs) she goes out to this pavilion at night he has meanwhile told this guy to stay the fuck away from this pavilion and so the whole thing was that she wanted to be, like, blindfolded and it was, like, from behind 
or like she was like facing away from him. He blindfolded her without talking. He thought that she thought that he was the other guy. So he, he like they just start to fuck blindfolded having a great time he's like wow this is the best climax i've ever had but also this fucking hurts because she thinks i'm this other guy and then she and then he takes off her blindfold he's like it's me expecting to be so dramatic and she's like yeah i know i told the guy to stay away from the pavilion because there were bees or something (laughs) and he was like oh well that's nice which i loved i thought that was so fun um so then after that they it's just more emotional angst it's yeah more back and forth he teaches he her, doesn't like, want to he... be mm-hmm. oh fuck they fuck against a chalkboard too yeah God damn and it was hot he teaches her math and astronomy and stuff she's still mad at him but he's like damn i'm really into you i mean there was like no external plot and i loved it it was just them doing things together and being horny yep pretty much. and it was just so fun because he was so in love i liked it i mean i do love a a manipulative character and boy were they manipulative the only thing i wrote down from this was a quote where she says adorable, adorable villainy and responsible I... stewardship could a woman ask for yeah. any more in a husband and i was like no that's exactly it like he's not a yeah. bad person He's just no. a little bit a bad person. He's just a little manipulative. Yeah. He's a charmer. He's adorably villainous. I wrote that one down to you. That's all I want, really. Um, well, we've talked for way too long. Um, the only other books we had read before, mm-hmm. um, so we probably don't have to talk too much about them. But uh No. The, Some, the Lady Gets Lucky by Joanna Shoup. By Joanna Shoup is um, one. And then Some Dukes Have All the Luck by Christina Britton. Mm-hmm. Um, the Lady Gets Lucky is like sex lessons. Um, she wants it's to be. It's not, a though. I keep it's, seeing that recommended is recommended sex yeah. lessons. It's like seduction. It's like seduction. I, I, I actually have sex slash seduction lessons here. Um, I think there could have been more sex. I think that's my only. Like, I loved that book. Um, but um, the title is a little misleading for what you get. It's a lot of like the lady gets lucky. It's very horny. I mean, sorry, mm-hmm. the luckiest lady in London. It's very horny. Yeah. They're pining. They're very into each other. Not they're, mm-hmm. they're not doing it a lot. I mean, well, the luckiest no. lady in London they are. But <laughs> in in the Joanna Shoop one, um, Alice and like Kit pretty... are just really into each other. Yeah. There's a lot of like licking sugar off her finger mm-hmm. and while staring into his eyes. And mm-hmm. he's like, uh oh. <laughs> I've taught her too much. The students the, like, become of his dick <laughs> shooting up in the air, you know? Thank you. Thanks for that one. Uh yeah, I mean his sometimes they like goes, he goes immediately hard. Like I read that all the yeah. time. He immediately well, goes the... hard, and I imagine it just like, boing, like boing. there's the there's the great the great there's the great uh quote and like scene in the book. Um, he's drunk. Alice is so he's Kit. She's Alice. Alice is in his room waiting for him for more lessons. 
Um, he's trying to avoid her, therefore getting drunk. And he comes back to the room and he uh, is just like speaking his mind because he doesn't have a filter. And one of the lines is, I'm so hard for you all the time. And then that's like a refrain in her mind after that scene. And at, after that, he's like, do you remember anything? And she's like, no, no, I don't. He's like, great. Because I woke up naked. I don't quite remember how that happened. Um, I'm just going to assume you you left. And she's like, yeah, I left. Yeah, sure. Um, but then she knows that he is now turned on by her. So she is like empowered by that because her mom is horrible. Um, but it was actually a horrible parent that I didn't mind because I thought Alice reacted to it pretty well. And the mother instigated some other things that I was like, well, for plot reasons, you can get a free pass. Um, yeah, that wasn't like one of my favorites, but it was a good time. You know, it was one of my favorites. What? Some dukes have all the luck. <laughs> By Christina. It was, really, it was really peppy for 10.39 p.m. It was really cute. Oh, gosh. I just have a lot of feelings about that book standard caveat it's a forever book you guys mm-hmm. know the drill um or maybe you don't if this is the first episode you're listening to in which case well, i'm sorry that this is the first episode you're listening to yeah um yeah. but i work for forever so technically i work for the publisher but guess what doesn't doesn't impact my opinion it just no. makes me all the more delighted to talk about this book because it's so good Mm-hmm. you know what i think about all the time from this book Number what? one, bug watching. Number two, yes. the scene where uh, the the oldest of the girls like meets up with the other ones and they're kind of talking and he turns to Bronwyn and says, she's never had a friend. Can you imagine? Yeah. She's 16 and she's never had a friend because I was just like openly weeping. That hit. A practicing 16 weeper. 16 and never had a friend. I was like. It was sad. <laughs> but it was fine okay essentially bronwyn is a spinster she's an entomologist so she studies bugs she lives on the isle of sin she just wants to study her bugs and her parents are like absolutely not you're gonna need to get married and he's gonna need to have a title so they start like getting rid of her equipment basically and are like restricting Mm -hmm. her freedoms until she can get married even though she doesn't want to get married as parents are wont to do in historical romance he meanwhile is a duke he happens to own a gambling uh, hell that's not mm-hmm. super important it just is a fact um he just happens to <laughs> own a gambling hell um and he also has these three girls that are his wards which have a connection to him mm-hmm. what is that connection uh, who knows <laughs> but he has a connection um and he is determined not to be too close to them for personal reasons. He's like, nope, can't get super involved. So mm-hmm. he basically puts them in his house and then, like, lives at his club. Like, yeah. he does not interact with these girls, which isn't great No, for these children. Because no, it's, it's like a 16-year-old girl and two that are younger. I don't remember exactly mm-hmm. how young, but like eight and eight and nine. Nine, or nine and ten, eight, I think. Nine, nine and yeah. ten, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they cause a lot of problems. The most recent of the problems is that the younger two, because the younger two don't get along with the oldest one, hashtag relatable, uh, the younger two have run away. And they figure out pretty Mm -hmm. quickly that they've gone to the Isle of Sin because that's where his mother is from and they, like, found her diary or whatever. So he goes to get them and he finds them in the house uh, and they have befriended Bronwyn already. And so he is, like, perfect. I need somebody to be the mom to these children so that uh, I can stop dealing with them. 
uh, <laughs> as you do. Just need a woman to take care of him. Might as well be my wife. Uh, he's a hot a and ready young wife. wife anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's like, how about you? They already know you. Um, I need a wife. And she's like, well, I do need a husband to get my parents off my goddamn back. So mm-hmm. fair enough. Um, so they agree to this marriage of convenience that nobody else knows is a marriage of convenience. It's just them. They have to convince everyone that it's not a marriage of convenience because she will be mad embarrassed if he marries her and then leaves yeah. the next day. So she's much like, more fine. fun than secret marriage of convenience. <laughs> yeah, it's much more fun. So she's like, <laughs> yeah. well, you have to stay with me for a week and you have to actually spend time with me and the girls. And, and like, inside mm, my fine. body. <laughs> and she's like, also, I'm a scientist and uh, like a biologist. And so obviously we have to consummate the marriage because I've learned all about other animals mating habits. I would like to know ours. Mm-hmm. And he like chokes on his spit and then is like, boing, absolutely. They're also really into each other. Like, yeah, this is also a very horny book. They are very horny. Um, not super steamy, but very horny. They mm-hmm. spend a week together. Um, it becomes immediately apparent to Bronwyn anyway that these girls need a family and he loves them and also needs mm-hmm. a family. Basically, she's like, you guys are all dumb. You all need each other. Yeah. So she like arranges all this time for them to spend together in between getting dicked down, as you do. Um, Dick down in the Isle of Sin. Exactly. Mm. And so they spend a whole bunch of wholesome time together and, you know, then the third act happens, et cetera, et cetera. But the point is that it's basically a found family and a marriage of convenience where she's like, hang on, let me bring these dumb mother together because they are too stupid to realize that all they need is each other because we're a family. (sighs) And it's so cute. Uh, Yeah, it the the family relationships hit so hard um because the girls just think that he hates them like because he isn't around and he doesn't want to be around for their like for their well-being he thinks that he's doing the best job by not being around but they just assume that he is really inconvenienced by them and so then when he starts hanging out with them they're like wow he's finally like he loves us and this is really good and there's like a gutting line um where the one young the younger sister um thinks that she's the reason why he leaves because he gets scared of emotions and flees to london um and she like blames herself and he somehow finds her journal and reads that and he's feeling real bad about himself because he should because that was he it was just really sad because then the older the regina the oldest um of his wards um she had to tell him that the two uh sisters had run away so then they were really angry at her so then then they had to repair their relationship and then she was mistrustful of bronwyn but then they had a really sweet relationship and then when um ash leaves um regina then like attaches to bronwyn and it was so heartwarming and meanwhile you're like really angry by the way you did oh yeah because he leaves because he feels emotions and he's like no we can't have that and then he finds (laughs) her journal Mm -hmm. of the whole like she's literally documenting like all the things they did together yeah and she's like "Uh, no because first we have ash was wonderful at finding fairy coins i did not tell him but i made a wish on each coin we found that he might stay with us that we were a real family maybe if i wish on enough fairy coins it might come true this is when they were on the beach collecting little stones together 
Um, and then uh, another entry that reads, Miss Mary, Ash is leaving. Maybe I wished on the fairy stones wrong. I must have done something wrong to make him not want us any longer. I mean, that's what Christina Britton does, though. Dare I say it will rip your heart out of your chest. Yeah. Yeah. Present it to you and say, what if you had these young girls who think that they did something wrong and chased you away and are utterly gutted by it because they love you very much? Stop. It, I can't. Uh, well, because how many of Christina's other books have you read? I know you read book one. Did you read two or three? I only read the other one. Um, Book three? I mean, all of the books are very emotional. She's a very emotional writer. Again, this is the highest of steam of the four of them. Um, but book three, he's like a virgin wounded war hero. And she, um, I don't know if she was ruined or she was, a, I think she was a widow. And there were just so many emotions in that fucking book. It wrecked me. It, it was some uh, a Duke worth fighting for. So in the background, you're singing Mulan, but then you're sobbing. It was a really emotionally packed. Like sometimes you just have to sing Mulan and sob. <laughs> it's like, oh, make a man out of you. So we have... The trap yeah. remix of Luck Be a Lady called Luck Be a Slut. And then we also, on the opposite end, have the like slowed down, reverb, depressed version <laughs> of, of, of a girl worth Anna. fighting for. Or, yeah. Well, technically, it's a girl worth fighting for, but I always think of I'll Make a Man Out of You. So just a full, um, in like, remix of the entire album, honestly. Every song on that album slaps. Um, this one is a just a slight tapping just incessantly at your heart and it just it hurt but it was so good all of the books one of these days we're gonna oh. get around to recording that kids in historical romance episode oh my that we there were are gonna so do many pre, um Ooh. yeah we're gonna have to do it in parts because we have to just choose our favorites hannah we cannot do <laughs> multiple so parts but then you've got lord of scoundrels there are so many tests there, there are so many chasing cassandra mm, wet like scoundrels is so good it's so hard to choose <sighs> mm. and also i just love marriages of convenience that aren't the we're gonna be a marriage in name only but it's actually we're gonna um we're gonna take science. advantage yeah yeah we're doing it for science we're doing it for our country yeah um yeah that that's what we got that's for you mm -hmm. so hopefully you feel lucky we got <laughs> lucky some of the time maybe you're mm -hmm. gonna get but well that feels like a weird thing to wish you <laughs> um i just hope luck finds you in whatever oh, format you know um i hope that luck is a lady for you and not a slut <laughs> I kind of want luck to be a little slut for me. That sounds no, because if luck is a slut, she's going around throwing her favors at everybody. You're like, bitch, That's what true. happened to loyalty? <laughs> I want to be the only. Uh, yeah, I want to be the right. only man in your life, luck. <laughs> um, <laughs> reformed rake ass luck. <laughs> I feel like there's some historical romance from the eighties. <laughs> Where the heroine's named Luck or Lucky, and she's some metaphor for all this different <laughs> shit. 
She's a metaphor. <laughs> or um, what's that? What Elizabeth Hoyt does? She's got like the allegories. Oh, name is Destiny. Like, n- yeah, <laughs> yeah. So her name's Lucky, and got all this shit going on. All right, noted. I'm going to write, when inevitably I write my bad historical romance, this isn't happening anytime in the near future, but when it does inevitably happen, one of them will be about a heroine named Lucky, and she will be so unlucky. Until she isn't. And she won't trust it. And what will happen? No. Who knows? Guess you'll have to read it and find out. (laughs) Caroline's unnamed Uh. historical romance coming at you in... (laughs) 2037 <laughs> oddly specific it was just the first year i thought of that was not in the 2020s <laughs> watch what if i actually published a we're book holding in 2037? you to it wouldn't that you're be wild it would be if you're listening to this in 2037 as i'm publishing a book just know my mind is blown <sighs> that some would say it's destiny. Some would say it's fate. I'd say it's luck. Okay. It does remind... I should just keep saying, like, saying random years as the year when I publish a book so that inevitably One, when I do... You'll be right. A I'll broken right. clock is right I twice. I did used to do this bit where every time I went on a date, I would text my friends and be like, I think he's the one. <laughs> just so that... Even if I didn't think he was. Just so they're like... And I told them. I was like, so that way at our future wedding... You'll have the screenshots to prove that I knew immediately. And my best friend Phoenix was like, I'm going to save this conversation where you tell me right now you're going to save this after every date. And I'm going to show that at your wedding. So. Okay. So there are two things to know about Caroline. One, she does that. Two, her nightmare is the Phantom of the Opera. Well, now it's not a nightmare. Now it's an erotic dream. <laughs> no, I have always and always will be a Raoul girly. A who? We stand Raoul. The Vicomte oh, de Chagny. I thought you said Rowley from Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Oh, no. I I never read or watched any of oh, the Diary of a Wimpy Kid. We have things. so many no, no, differing no. cultural touch points. We I do. love this We do. Us. Raoul, the Vicomte de Chagny, who mm. marries... Christine Daae from the Phantom of the Opera. I have always been a Raoul girly. Mm. Rest in peace, Eric. Also, we don't recognize love other uh, love never dies in this house. I don't either. If you didn't know there's a sequel to the Phantom of the Opera called Love Never Dies. No. It's wild. It takes place in Coney Island. Christine's child is actually the Phantoms. It's a whole thing. It's not good, although I will say the title song, Love Never Dies, mm-hmm. is a banger. But everything else is not worth bothering with. That's great to know. Love Never Dies, I though, actually... sung by Ramin Karimlu. <laughs> Listen. Or actually, I think Corey Cott does a cover of it. Listen, my musical theater years, they're jumping out. You're you're a practicing musical theater kid. Mm-hmm. Just wait till part two of my musical theater historical romance recommendations come out. <laughs> I've already got I'm some very in excited. the wings. Those were fun. Did you see my pun? In the wings? Oh my god, you did. I did. That was a good one. 
Thank you. And I did I not. I did not really catch hard. it. Well, you win some, you lose some. Yeah, as luck would have it. So as luck would have it. Mm-hmm. Luck um, be a dirty little slut. <laughs> That's how luck would have it. Cool. Well, I need someone to write that song so badly. It sounds like an SNL song. <laughs> it was. Uh, Somebody on SNL. The uh, dirty little slut tonight. Yeah, that's all. That's all we've got. Happy, happy St. Patrick's Day, and thanks for tuning in to this once again absurdly long episode of Romance or TBR. Um. Hopefully you watch Leap Year. You have great vibes. And you get lucky. However that presents to you. So, to me, a giant slice of cake probably would work just fine. Oh, I have a slice of cake. Mm-hmm. I bought pie. Actually, I saw you buy pie. I, yeah, I'm going to go eat that Regina pie. George bought pie, so I bought pie. For context, we're recording this on March 14th, Pie Day. And so for work, obviously it was for work and not just because I wanted pie. I ordered pie to be delivered to me. And obviously mm-hmm. because there was a discount, if I spent a certain amount of money, I had to spend more money to get said discount. So I ordered other baked goods, including, um, by the way, lobster tails. The most <gasps> phallic of pastries. That's a pastry? I thought you just ordered yeah. some lobster. No, no, no. Or is that not what they're called? I think it is. Lobster tails? Bear claws? No. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what a lobster claw is. I'm right. I it's just, called I... a lobster tail. Well, if you, It's so shaped like bad. a lobster tail, but it's like huh. flaky pastry. The thing is that by shaped like a lobster tail, what I mean is very phallic. So I pulled that out and was like, well, that's phallic. <laughs> and then it's also cream filled. So you bite oh. into the phallic shaped item. And you're hit with white cream, and you're like, well, here we are. Caroline got lucky with a lobster tail. I sure did. (laughs) It was delicious.